This morning we're continuing with our Old Testament story. This is the last week of looking at these uh, these Old Testament stories. Last week, Jacob, he, he thinks Jacob's just a great communicator. How good is Jacob? Hearing from Jacob last week around uh, the story of Elijah and the and the, the the prophets of Baal and 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 like with just a strong message around like who are we making king of our life? Who is God in our life? And and just thanks so much, Jacob. But also, I think sometimes if you're like me, there's times where I've discounted the Old Testament a little bit. You know, you're like, I'm going to focus on Jesus. And the Old Testament's the Old Testament, and it's, you know, I think sometimes we can we can discount it because we, we look at it and we're like, oh, but isn't God just angry in the Old Testament? And isn't it all about Jesus coming and that's it? But actually, the Old Testament tells us of the unchanging character of who God is. And we've seen over the last couple of weeks some of the character of God and how good and faithful God is and has been and always will be, right? So this morning, we're looking at another Old Testament story. Who likes the stories of the big miracles in the Bible? Does anyone love those big miracles? Now, we look two weeks in a row. They've been pretty amazing miracles. The first week, we looked at the three blokes in the fire, right, in the furnace. They didn't get burnt up, and there was a fourth that came and joined them. That, that in the ranking of miracles is pretty high, isn't it? That's, that's pretty good. That's up there. And then we see this story with Elijah and, and, and the kind of the, the face-off on the mountain, and, and, uh, and we see another miraculous big miracle where God actually lights up things that are drenched in water and it, it, it's quite amazing, big miraculous things. I love those stories in the Bible, the big miraculous, the, the unbelievable. Well, this morning we're looking at a very, probably little known story in the Old Testament. Uh, and can I tell you, unfortunately, it's probably not ranking on the big miracle list, all right? I built up the big miracle thing. It's not really up there, right? It, but can I tell you, it is quite miraculous, and we're going we're gonna to look at the story. This morning, it's a long weekend. Kids are at boost camp. Leaders are at boost camp. There's a good crowd of us this morning, which is awesome. Love being together. But I'm going to keep it simple. Is that okay? I'm a pretty simple guy. I think there's times where we overcomplicate some things. And this morning, the message is so simple, but I believe it's good news for us, right? So we're going to go on the story. I'll give you some context before we look at the text together. And last week, Jacob looked at Elijah. Elijah's like a prophet. Uh, um, Jacob gave us some context, like in an age of kings, where where actually God's people weren't really following Yahweh, the one true God. They let in so many other influences. And we heard last week about Baal, this other God that had, that had become quite prominent. And so God had these prophets and he had Elijah who spoke truth to God's people and, and tried to get God's people back to worshipping the one true God, calling out kind of the error in their ways. Now, Elijah, he had an apprentice, 
And Elijah's apprentice, does anyone know his name? Elisha. Pretty close, hey? Elijah, Elisha. And, uh, and Elisha was Elijah's apprentice, and he had been following him around. In fact, he followed him so much, Elijah was like, I'm going away. And Elisha just wouldn't leave him. He just wanted to stay with him and stay with him. The story is Elijah, a chariot, came down from heaven, and Elijah went up in a whirlwind to heaven. Just disappeared. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Anyway, Elisha is the guy who carries on. Um, and it was his apprentice, Elisha, takes over. Now, Elisha, Elisha has, um, has seen kind of the benefits of what Elijah is doing. He asked for a double portion of what Elijah had. And we see in the Bible there's Elijah, there's eight miracles that Elijah's done. And then we see Elisha, actually, there's 16. So he does get that double portion. But Elisha, there's actually starting to be a groundswell and a movement back to following Yahweh, the one true God. And we see that Elisha takes over and he starts seeing some of the miraculous things happen around him. And we see a start of a school of prophets like Elisha, these people who follow Elisha around. Now, some of the miracles that we see happen is um, uh, Elisha makes undrinkable water drinkable again by putting some salt in it. Does anyone know that story? There's, there's the widow who, uh, if she doesn't pay up, you know, she loses her family and, and, and we see Elisha kind of pray over it and her oil just keeps going and going until she has enough. We hear this story of a guy called Naaman, who's, who's not an Israelite, who, who has leprosy. And, uh, and Elisha uh, tells him to go into the Jordan River and, and clean himself and he comes and he's miraculously healed. The leprosy leaves him. And Elisha is, like I said, running a school for prophets. It's kind of this, this, this school, which takes us to the text today, all right? So we, we're at 2 Kings uh, chapter 6, if you, if you want to look. Before I go to that, my favorite story in the Bible, and I discovered it as a teenager, 2 Kings 2.23, Elisha is getting paid out by some teens because he's bald. And he calls a curse on them and two bears come out of the woods and maul like 42 kids. That's a cool story, right? So next time my kids pay me out about not having hair, nah, no, I'm not going to get them mauled by bears. Okay, the text today got distracted. 2 Kings chapter 6. One day the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, as you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. So this school of, of prophets is getting bigger and bigger and the place where they'd been meeting is getting too small. Let's build the new one. Elisha says, all right, he told them, go ahead. Please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. So he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried, it was a borrowed axe. Where did it fall, the man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. 
Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grabbed it. Okay, does anyone know this story? Anyone remember this story? Some of you, maybe in passing, maybe you've never heard it before. When we were um, putting together the planning for kind of topics for the week, we, we talked about the Old Testament and, and this story just kept coming back to me. I was like, I wonder what's in this story. I've heard this story. I wonder what's in it. And I just couldn't kind of shake it. Now, like I said, some people like to make things a bit more complicated than they need to be. And when I was looking up and researching through commentaries, different, different ideas around this verse, it, there's some pretty elaborate thoughts about the verse, that it actually points to the redeeming work of Christ in, in the axe head and, and the, uh, they, they find hidden meaning in each of the various details of the text. So the axe, according to some people, stands for a man's soul and the Jordan River stands for judgment. Because of sin, man's soul is lost beneath the waters of judgment and Elisha's stick stands for the cross of Jesus because it's through the wooden cross that sinners are saved pulled from judgment and given new life. That, that sounds kind of nice. Did anyone follow that? But in the end, can I tell you, I'm uncomfortable drawing that from that text, right? I think that's a bit of a stretch. Instead, I think there is actually something much simpler that shows us about who God is and his character in this story, right? So the prophet's school is going well. And they need bigger dorms, is what they're saying. Like the school's getting bigger, we need a bigger dorm. So they convince Elisha to come with them to, to build the new place. One of the guys starts chopping down the tree. This is just the story recap. Starts chopping down the tree. The axe head flies off and it falls into the Jordan River, never to be seen again, right? Now this guy is a bit panicked because the axe head is actually, it's a borrowed axe. And, and so he, he kind of goes to Elisha, overseeing everything, saying, Elisha, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm pretty panicked about this. Elisha grabs a stick, throws it onto the river, the axe head floats. Now, I said it was a small miracle, but if we saw that, you'd be pretty amazed, right? An axe head, like, like metal, stone, whatever it was. In a, now, when we're talking about the Jordan River, the Jordan River isn't a creek. Like, it's a river. It, it's, a, it's a big river. To get that, you know, it's a big deal. It's not the biggest miracle, but we can agree it's pretty impressive, right? Still impressive. I probably downplayed it a little, right? But the axe head, if you and I were chopping something in our backyard and we lost an axe head, we would get in a car and we'd go to Bunnings, Right? It'd be a great excuse to go to Bunnings and we'd walk around for an hour and then we'd buy an axe head. And uh, it wouldn't be a big deal, right? But in this situation, it's actually, it's, it is a big deal. Like to get another axe head isn't like you just go to the local shop. It's either you have to forge it yourself, you melt down metal and forge it yourself, or you trade for another axe head, which it sounds like these guys probably didn't have stacks of resources. It, it was it a was very big inconvenience, let alone 
borrowed off a, off a friend or someone else, you know? Can I just tell you, and this is, this is getting straight to the point. Can I tell you what I think is a simple truth from this story? And I believe it's good news. We have a God who is so powerful, he can do the big miracles, right? And we've heard that over the last couple of weeks. But also, we have a God who is so loving and such a good father that he cares about the small things in our life. Anyone kind of need to hear that like this week? Matthew 10, 29, Jesus is, um, he's actually sending out his disciples and he's, he's doing a bit of teaching as he sends them out. And Jesus says this, what is the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, but not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. Can I tell you this morning that God intimately knows you? The big things and the little things. The things that seem trivial and the things that are massive in our lives. I don't know about you, but I definitely am guilty of just bringing sometimes the big things to God, right? You know, I, I think in prayer or if I'm, I'm talking with someone else about my prayer needs, I, I only think about the big things. And I love that. I, I love praying the big prayers, you know, like, let's pray with big faith. But quite often I don't bother with the little kind of trivial things, right? And because I don't pray about those little things, they then become little stresses. And those little stresses pile up. And instead of bringing them to God who cares about the little stresses. I hold on to burdens that I don't need to hold on to. 1 Peter 5, 7, and, and a lot of us would know it. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. Cast all your cares. Cast all your cares, all your worries. I believe um, it's not up to us to decide what God will take action on or not, right? Are you kind of with me? Like, let's take all things to our Father. Let's take all things to God. I think maybe there's some of us who have missed out on some of those miraculous moments because we've been like, I'm going to hold on to this one. This isn't something, this is too trivial for, for God that I'm just going to hold on to it. And I think that there are times where we miss out on the miraculous. A moment where an axe head floats in the water. You know, if I, if I lost an axe head again, different scenario. But the last thing I would think of is to like, take it to God, right? That's the last thing I would be thinking of. This morning, I believe we have a God big and powerful enough to do the big things, but so generous, 
so full of grace, so loving that he cares about the things that we think are trivial in our life. The little things, the little stresses. This morning, we're going to take some time together. And I think it's way better to do it in community than by ourselves. Where, where we do take those little things, where we pray for one another about just the little things. Can I tell you, we're not going to discount the big things this morning as well. If you, if you need prayer for big things, we're going to pray together as well for those things. I think that there's another step to this as well, and that's missionally. Missionally. What, do you know, um, taking God, taking things to prayer that are small things, I actually think that we can see people experience God who don't know him. Quite often we're willing to pray for healing of the big things, right? Uh, I know that most of us in our workplace or in our neighbourhoods, if someone came and, and said, you know, like a, uh, a pretty big scenario, we'd be most willing to say, listen, I'd love to pray for you, right? Like if someone had news, bad health news, most of us would offer to pray. But I, I don't know, my neighbours talk to me about their little stresses too. And I never say, I'll pray about that. But what if we're missing an opportunity for God to do the miraculous in those moments, right? Where we actually trust God enough to take the little things to him as well. Do we offer prayer for the little things? I want to I want us to to take some time with each other and I want us to pray for the little things. We don't have to make things up. Like I'm sure we could. <laughs> uh, but I think so often we're we're thinking big when God can do the miraculous in the little things, right? So I'm going to pray and then we're going to I'm going to invite you to stand and we we'll move across the room a little bit. I, I don't think this is a pray for one person type scenario. I think that we'll probably get to move around the group a little bit and, and pray for each other, pray for those things for each other, that God may turn up miraculously in those things. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are just such a, such a good father. We thank you for your mercy, your grace. We thank you that, you know, you can count the hairs on our head, that you care and you know when a sparrow falls. Thank you that you're the God of the big miracle, but you're also the God of the little things too. God, it says in your word to cast all our cares, all our worries on you. God, I don't want to miss an opportunity for you to show up miraculously. We pray for our neighbours, our work colleagues, our friends. And we, we pray that you show up in the little things too. We want people to know your goodness, your power. In this time, Holy Spirit, guide us, lead us, heal us, restore us. Increase our faith right now.
that we may also bring all the little things to you. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask Mark to just, he's just going to play some music up the back. I'm going to invite you to stand because once we're standing, it's easier to take that first step. Like, and, and I just wonder if you might walk across the room and then we might just pray for each other. You might just ask, what, what are the small things that you'd like prayer for at the moment? And then just pray for each other. Can we do that? Someone give me a nod. I know it's a long weekend, but let's, let's do it together. So I invite you to stand. And let's take these moments to pray for one another. Let's go. Let's do it.